What is happening, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the 182 News Podcast. This is your host, Poppin' Curbs, and I appreciate you tuning in as always. Today is going to be a fun one, a really fun one. In fact, so fun that I think I'm going to end the year on it. This will probably be the last episode I get out. This will end the second year of 182 News, which is insane. I can't believe we haven't been canceled yet. The auto pay is still going on the podcast bill, so we're good. I I think we're renewed for season three. We shall see. Today, I was streaming on Twitch, let's see, a month ago, maybe three weeks ago streaming on Twitch, playing Animal Crossing, as I always do. And one of the viewers on there, shout out P. Franco, aka Pablo, who is a loyal podcast listener. In fact, he has such a rad story, reached out to me when I first launched the pod a long time ago. And he told me that he translates episodes to his friends down in Brazil. He's in Brazil, which is crazy. It just warms my heart to hear that. I'm always blown away when I look at the stats of where this podcast is being played at. It's it's pretty wild, to be honest. Anyways, I was streaming and Pablo popped in and he said, Poppin, you should do an episode on the most underrated Blink-182 songs. And I said, you know what, P. Franco? That is a great fucking idea. I will do that. And at that point, I started thinking about this. And I started thinking long and hard about this, and I had a little note going on my phone. I started going through each album, and I wanted to pick out the most underrated Blink-182 songs, in my opinion. Now, I'm being very fair about this. I crossed multiple eras. I went through each album, and there's some rules that I had to kind of put in place. So it's got to be underrated, okay? So it's not going to be all the small things. It's not going to be first date. It's not going to be something that your mom knows, okay? It's got to be underrated. So, you know, as I was going through these albums, it's kind of hard to cross that judgment off right there and, and on the spot. So I've thought about this for two or three weeks. Now, as I was getting prepared to launch this episode or the idea about it, I wanted to get your feedback. So I posted on the podcast on the Instagram and the Twitter page at 182 News Pod. I made a little graphic. Sometimes I have fun and try to pretend I'm a graphic artist. That's actually part of what I did in college, which is funny, and I never use it except in my unpaid uh, free time. And I made a graphic with the thinking emoji. So I've been thinking long and hard about this. So the thinking emoji came to mind, but I had to make it blink, so I put the untitled eyes on it. Looked pretty rad made a little graphic, posted it on the Instagram, posted it on the Twitter, posing the question to you all, what is the most underrated Blink-182 song of all time, in your opinion? Now, I was thinking maybe I'd get 20 comments, 30, 50 if we're lucky. Uh, We're over 450 and counting at this point. It's a hot subject, a ton of great points on there, ton of awesome comments. As always, I appreciate the engagement. I read every single one of them. Now, initially, I was hoping to read a bunch of these uh, on the podcast. Obviously, with so many, it would take me four hours just just to read through those comments. But I did want to point out that I was super stoked to see for one, quite a few of mine. (laughs) I think almost all of mine were touched on in some capacity, but it was so cool to see just how many different albums and how many different random songs people pulled out. I mean, it was really cool and it spanned their entire discography and, you know, people have strong feelings about certain ones. There were some that came up that, again, I felt I could not put on my list, like Stay Together for the Kids, several people put on there and it's like, yeah, that's an amazing song. Maybe it's underrated a little bit, but I mean, I feel like that was a pretty popular song. So as I took your feedback and read through them and again, really tried to narrow down my list, I found that it was tough. It was a lot of fun and I'm ready to reveal my top 10. Even last week, I was having a hard time coming up with just 10 of these. There's so many fucking good songs they have. And that's another takeaway I had when I was looking over the comments. It's like, Jesus Christ, they have so many good songs. It's insane. So even as of last week, 
I still did not have my, my top 10 finalized. And in fact, comments are still rolling in on this graphic on the Instagram page. Finally, last week, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do some Instagram lives and let's chat. So I did a couple Instagram lives the past couple weeks, and they actually turned out to be a lot of fun. I think I saved them on the page about 30, 40 minutes. I was able to meet some of you all, which was super rad. And we had some cool conversations, met folks from all over the world. And I'm always interested to hear your perspective. And obviously, I just love talking Blink. So it's fucking fun to me. That's why I launched this podcast. I just like talking about my favorite band. And I love talking about it with other fans who's, you know, who understand how much this band's mean, this band means to us, and how much the music means to us, us and all of these songs and in between. So I did a couple of those. Today, here we are, even two weeks after that, I was struggling to finalize my list as of 10 minutes ago. And in fact, there's a song that I'm going to put at number 11 that uh, I feel like should be in the top 10. And I'll probably kick myself for it here in a little bit, but that's okay. I had to, I had to stop at some point. I'm like, you know what? I want to get this damn episode out. I've got to narrow this down to 10 and I'm just going to roll with it. Now, first off, I want to go over a couple of the comments that got a lot of likes, which means people agreed with them. So on the Instagram post, one of the more popular ones, I think initially it was posted by at Liz Dynamite was here's your letter. And that had a ton of likes on it. And I agree. Absolute banger. Awesome. Mark song. But that's not on my top 10. Another good one on there. This one's from at Sam is rocking, who actually joined one of the Instagram lives. And we got an awesome backstory on her and how she met Mark and got involved with band photography and such. Uh, she said, Wendy clear. And a lot of people were liking that and really big on that. I agree. Deep Cut from Enema. Awesome song. Not on my top 10. Here's one. This one's from Maddie Enright or Onright. Sorry if I mispronounce your name. He says, Pin the Grenade is one of the best songs ever written. I agree. Absolute banger. People love that song from Nine. A lot of people feel that should have been the lead single from Nine. But it's not on my top 10. In fact, I don't know that it's on my top two or three that I would have pulled from nine as underrated. Last one I'm going to touch base on from the comments. This one is from Mr. Fraley. He said, Ghost on the Dance Floor. And I agree with that. That's a great song. Awesome opener. Kicked off this era. But it's not on my top ten. So... It's so tough, and I feel like I could go so many different ways on all of these, but I had to narrow it down. So what I'm going to do here, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to start with some honorable mentions, okay? Now, keep in mind, I have been really trying to tell myself these have to be underrated songs, okay? It can't be something that has a ton of its own single releases or was promoted and on the radio a shit ton and, you know, fan favorite, something like that. It has to be underrated, as in truly not really on the radar in some capacity and severely or criminally underappreciated. To start, honestly, I'll be honest with you, when I first made this list, the one I'm about to say was on there. And it was arguably number one, okay? That song is Wasting Time. Amazing song. Honestly, I feel that that is one of the most underrated Blink-182 songs of all time. Killer guitar intro. If you play guitar, try to learn that intro and have some fun with it. I mean, it's challenging, but once you get it down with repetition and keep playing it, when you nail it, it is so satisfying. Insane guitar riff. Awesome lyrics from Mark. Song has meaning. Song's incredibly melodic and catchy. And when I look back, I'm like, man, I don't know if people appreciate how fucking awesome this song is. And so early on, it was up there. Now, I had to reach out to my man, Davey Jones. Davey Jones, previous podcast guest, OG fan. We have nerdy conversations sometimes, this being one of them. And I said, Davey. I'm putting together my top 10 list of most underrated Blink-182 songs. And there's one that I feel like people will yell at me if it's on it. But at the same time, man, 
This is up there for me, and I truly, with every ounce of my little soul, believe it is underrated, the song being Wasting Time. Davey reminded me very quickly, it has its own EP. It's on short bus. People absolutely loved the song at the time. They brought it back on the Enema of the State 20th Anniversary Tour, which, yeah, I was fucking stoked to see that. They came out and played it acoustic. But I will say, when I was screaming the words out at the top of my lungs, there weren't too many people around me who knew every word. So I feel so confidently that this is underrated. But the fact that it literally has its own 7-inch, short bus, by the way, extremely rare, its own EP, is clearly a standout from that record. I'm leaving it off my top 10. It breaks my heart. People should yell at me for this. But on the pure fact of being kind of off the radar or on the radar, I feel like Wasting Time was definitely on the radar, pushed, promoted, got a lot of love. For that reason, it's going to be on my honorable mentions. Similar to that, let's move on to the next one. Honorable mention, Man Overboard. This one was huge, had a ton of comments. This launched with the Mark, Tom, and Travis show. Story goes it was left off of Enema. Jerry Finn did not like it. People love this song. In fact, I think this is a great song to close with. You know, so sorry, it's over, especially maybe before the encore. But again, it just didn't make my top 10 because I feel like it got a lot of promotion. I feel like it gets a lot of love. Maybe it's a little bit of a fan favorite, not so much commercially, but I'm leaving it off my top 10, but it definitely is a bit underrated in my opinion, and it definitely is worthy of an honorable mention. The next song, honorable mention, Waggy. I think Waggy is such a beautiful song off of Dude Ranch, and it deserves a lot more love than it typically gets. Along the same lines of that, going away to college, I got a ton of comments on that. I think that's a super underrated song. But people who listen to Enema front to back and who really love that album, I think they love and appreciate that song quite a bit. This one, <laughs> this one arguably, I bet on a lot of your list, is potentially number one. At minimum, top three, but online songs. From Toy Page, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, one of my favorite songs of all time. But I'm not putting it on my top 10. I have another Toy Page song that I felt was, was more worthy because online songs, it's almost built up a bit of a, a cult following where people just feel like they just love that song so much and they want to hear it live and they never would play it. Recently, Mark actually played it on acoustic at the beginning of, that was during quarantine last year, I believe, for, for Emo Night. He streamed it. So it, it has been played. We got some sort of redemption there, but I'm not putting it on my top 10. Now this one, this is going to be the last honorable mention. And this is one that even when I was listening to this uh, a couple minutes ago, really, I, I listened to all these songs multiple times today just to try and, and crack down on exactly what my top 10 needed to be. And this is one that I should have it on my list. You should yell at me. It's an amazing song. Absolutely incredible back and forth from Mark and Tom. We get deep Tom, or we get deep Mark. We get screaming Mark. That's Stockholm Syndrome from Untitled. It's so fucking good. It's eerie. It's dark. I love the life's temporary line. I love, I'm so lost. I'm barely here. I wish I could explain myself, but words escape me. I mean, holy hell, that is a great, great song. Mark has talked about that a little bit, said he was not in a great place when he wrote that song. Understandably so, if you listen to the lyrics. So that's going to round out my honorable mentions, okay? Again, these are my most underrated songs. So I understand everybody's going to have their own, and that's why I pose the question, and that's why I love reading your comments, and that's what's so fun about engaging with you all is, I'm probably biased on some of these and, you know, there may be songs that you love that aren't even on my radar on this. So to kick off my top 10, I want you all to bear in mind, one, I did put a lot of thought into this, like a month's worth. <laughs> two, these are my most underrated Blink song. This is the opinion of Blink-182 nerd poppin' curbs. This is just my opinion. I would love to hear yours. Feel free to yell at me politely how wrong I am. Let's engage on this once the episode drops. Let's have some fun with it. This is just a fun exercise 
and I wanted to list the top 10 most underrated Blink-182 songs in my opinion. So let's kick it off. Let's not waste any more time on this, no pun intended. Coming in at number 10, folks, I had to give Nine some love, okay? Nine is an incredible album, amazing album. I still listen to it every single day. I feel like I mentioned this on every podcast. That fucking CD is still in my car's CD player. And every single time I turn on my car, I listen to whatever Nine song is on and immediately think to myself, gosh, I should put on something else, maybe a different Blink album. Uh, And I just can't bring myself to do it. And so what happens is I end up just listening to Nine over and over and over. And I had to put this song on here because when this song kicked off the album, I was absolutely shocked. When Nine came out, we had a wide range of releases. We got Blame It On My Youth. Very different. People were very divided on that. We got Generational Divide. Absolute banger. Extremely short. We got I Really Wish I Hated You. A lot of people had stuff to say about that one. So when I actually put Nine on for the first time, no pun intended, but that was a perfect lead in. I really didn't know what to expect because they were all over the place and that was intentional and rad. And I'm happy that they were down to do that. In fact, at one point, they really switched gears in the nine recording process. And from what I gather, scrapped everything prior and made the decision to do whatever the fuck they wanted and not having to stick to a particular sound. So when I clicked play on nine for the first time, and this song kicked in, I was fucking shocked. That song, ladies and gentlemen, number 10 on the most underrated Blink-182 songs of all time, the first time off of nine, number one, when that song kicks off that album, I mean, instantly I get so many rad summer vibes. I get take off your pants and jacket vibes. It's There's no surprise that that is one of my favorite songs off of Nine because I think it is just that pure, fun, summer pop punk song. And when Mark comes in and then when Skiba comes in, I think it's just awesome. It's absolute perfection from a blend of old and new, and it's exactly what I would want out of current Blink. I mean, it's just an incredible song. One of the lines that just I just love so much, he says, think back to the time you were all alone. One day you'll look back and say, where's it all gone? Now think about that. That's something that's came across my mind several times. It's like, yeah, we're getting older and you get more responsibilities and then you have kids and you get married or, you know, whatever you're doing at this point in your life, it seems to be busier. And sometimes I'll think back to the time when I was just all alone, broke in college or in an apartment trying to find a job. And I'm just like, gosh, where did those times go? Because even though at that time I was really, you know, trying to find a better job or trying to figure out what I wanted to do or it's some of the happier times in my life because life just didn't seem as complicated. So that's something that always stuck out to me is, you know, before all the damn insecurities, think back to the time you were all alone. One day you look back and say, where's it all gone? I love that. I love when in the pre-chorus, when, and I don't know if this is a blast beat or what, but when Travis kicks in with that kick drum, I mean, It just makes you want to go absolutely nuts. So that is one that I feel is super, super underrated. When people talk about Nine, you hear a lot about Pin the Grenade. You hear a lot about No Heart to Speak of. I don't hear that many people talk about the first time, to be honest. And it just blows my mind because to me, I'm like, holy shit, that is such a standout, amazing song from that album. And even if you're on the fence about current Blink or whatever, I feel like if you put on that song and you don't have a good time, that's on you. That is some old school sounding Blink as far as like pop punk. So I'm talking like Enema through Untitled, basically. I mean, I just think it's such a great blend of that with with the modern lineup and, and modern production. So That's coming in at number 10 for me. You know, yell at me all you want, but it's on there. 
The next one coming in at number nine, this one might surprise some people. And I feel like maybe I saw one comment saying this one. And I was kind of waiting for it because to me, this is kind of an oddball one that I don't think a lot of people would pick. This song was on Buddha. The song was on Cheshire Cat. Now, again, I wanted to span their entire discography. I wanted to be fair about this. I wanted to go through each album and pick one that really just stands out to me when I listen to these. And one that really has always stood out to me when I listen to both those albums is a song called Sometimes. And for those of you who know it, you know it is a quick banger. I think it's just, it's almost like a, the generational divide of that time where it just hits you so fast and it's so punk and it's so rad. But the thing I love about this one is it has an incredible guitar lead. So if you listen to that one, listen to what Tom's doing there. It's just so rad. And then I think something that's always stuck out to me is the melody and what the song is about. It just really stands out. And you can see how after they kept practicing their craft and kept getting better and, and you know better as songwriters, that's something that I feel like if I walked into a club and I heard them playing that in 1994 or 1995, I would be like, wow, that's pretty catchy. And that's a pretty serious song lyrically and they're on the right path there <laughs> so that's something when i listen to this song i'm just like wow you can really hear mark early on really capturing these beautiful melodies and these awesome choruses it's about a relationship and <clears throat> i just love the lyrics in it and, and and how he delivers them sometimes it seems like all i hope for just gets thrown on the just gets thrown down on the floor and then it seems like you don't love me anymore sometimes i wish that i could run away sometimes i wish i just had something to say and i think that combined with the drums and with the guitar lead i just think it's criminally underrated and it makes my list it's one of those songs that i feel like if i heard it live I want to run up on stage, do a quick little two-step, and then just stage dive. It reminds me of when you look up old YouTube videos of Blink back in the day, and this is something that always just blows my mind, especially in some of these small club shows and such. People would just walk up on the stage, they'd skank, they'd do their little two-step, and then they would just dive off like it's no big deal. And I would just love to go back in time listen to them play this, hop up on the stage, do my little two-step, and then just take a stage dive. It's just a fucking banger. I, I don't know how else to say it. This may surprise some people. I was very much thinking, ah, maybe this goes down to 10. Maybe I swap Stockholm Syndrome with either that or the first time. It was close. It was close. I had to lock it in. Sometimes is my number nine. Most underrated Blink-182 song of all time. Next, let's get to number eight. Number eight, this is one that I feel like I am the only person in the world who routinely says this is an underrated banger, love it, throwback banger, one of the best songs off of California. This song is the only thing that matters. T-O-T-T-M. You'll see me abbreviate it if I ever post about it. I mean, nobody ever talks about this. And I know on California, people typically are talking about Cynical, maybe, or you know, Bored to Death certainly is an underrated. That's an awesome song. Left Alone, I could argue. San Diego. People are super, super high on San Diego. To be honest, I like San Diego, but it's not. It's probably not on my top five or six on that album, for sure. And nobody ever mentions the only thing that matters. And I am telling you, folks... That is a fucking banger. And if you listen to that song, that is throwback blink. It's skate punk. The little bass intro is amazing. I love the lyrics. And to me, the way I've always interpreted those, those lyrics, he says, you're the only thing that matters. You're the only thing that's real. And to me, when I listen to that song, I feel like Mark is talking about his family. And it's one of those things that's interesting when you're somebody who's in the spotlight or has fame and, and people love you and, and, you know, you have fans all over the world is what's real, you know, it's tough. And it's, it's hard for us to put ourselves in that place, but it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you may have a million friends and maybe you talk to people every day, but at the end of the day, what matters and what is 
real as far as the the love and the relationship, not just that they see you as somebody who means so much to them or that they respect or they want to be like or they want to meet or want to be friends with because they're so fucking cool. But at the end, it's you're the only thing that matters. You're the only thing that's real. And to me, that's pretty powerful. I like that. So uh, and, and then I love when Matt comes in. So this is such a great use of of Mark and then Matt coming in. And I love Matt just coming in wailing. Someday, he says, you'll come back to me. I can't do it without singing how it goes. And I'll say something bitterly and you'll go racing toward the kitchen, grab a knife, erase my vision, take my flat screen television and my paintings by Marilyn Manson. Now one, Matt is fucking flowing here, folks. He is spitting. I go back to that tweet. I, I've mentioned this several times, and I'll just replace Matt with, with, with Tom on this. The tweet was, Tom DeLong got bars. And I can't remember who said it. This was years ago I saw it, and it has stuck with me forever. And what they mean by that is they're spitting. They're rhyming. They're flowing. And in this case, I mean, I've said it before. Mark does this. Matt does this. They're incredible lyricists, and it's awesome, and it's really cool to see how they spit these deliveries. And that is a full-blown flow by Matt Skiba for sure. Now, funny story about this one. When California launched, they were out doing a bunch of press, and Matt was on Instagram one day, posted something, and in the comments, because I was high on this song from the very beginning. I mean, when I first listened to California all the way through, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a fucking banger. And I asked Matt about it, because if you listen to, to his verse, that's a pretty wild story in there. He's talking about, <laughs> you'll go racing toward the kitchen, grab a knife, erase my vision, take my flat screen television and my paintings by Marilyn Manson. So this is an angry uh, partner. <laughs> this is someone who is very angry with Matt or whoever. They have a knife. They're yelling at him. They're stealing his shit. Well, I was curious because... I mean, that seems kind of hard to pull out of your ass. So I asked Matt on his Instagram comments one day, I said, is your verse in the only thing that matters real or authentic or, you know, I can't remember, fictional, nonfiction. I can't remember how I worded it. Anyways, Matt replied back, which is kind of rare from him. So it was cool. I remember thinking that was pretty rad at the time. And he replied back and he said, yes, that was a true story. And I got my paintings back. <laughs> so his ex stole his shit and he was able to recover it. No surprise. He has original paintings by Marilyn Manson. He and, and Marilyn are homies, or at least were. I'm not sure if they still are, but I thought that was pretty cool. That's a true story. Matt's verse in there, which is pretty rad. Now, what's funny is later that same day, they were doing an interview. I feel like it was in New York. It was somewhere. And I was watching it live because this was like in June. I mean, there was a lot of press happening. This was their first release. Uh, it was a big ordeal. California was ready to roll. The new era had kicked off. And someone asked him, the interviewer asked him what his favorite song was on the record. And Matt thought about it for a second. And he said, some kid asked me on Instagram earlier about one of the songs I really like a lot. And it's the only thing that matters. And I remember just cheesing, just smiling, because I was that super old kid <laughs> that he was referring to. That was me. So I think Matt appreciates that song. I think all of you should a lot more. It is criminally underrated, in my opinion. I hope you all go back, give it a proper spin, and just listen to how fucking dope that song is. Okay, we're moving right along. Number seven... I had to give Dogs Eating Dogs some love. And the song that I went with on that is When I Was Young, okay? This is a really criminally underrated EP in general, and it's a great EP. I don't know that they were on the best terms when they recorded it. There was, I don't know, there's history surrounding intentions behind it and who put more into it and vice versa. It doesn't matter. But at this point, um, you know, it, it wasn't even released physically until a year ago. So I feel like a lot of people forget about this EP and it's really an incredible EP. And one of the songs that even from the, from the launch of it that I was always just so drawn to was this, when I was young song. And 
part of what I loved about it so much is I, the the lyrics in it are just they're mature. They they resonated with me at that point as a full blown adult. Um, I do like the synth intro in that. I like the build up with Travis. The, the bridge on this one, and this is kind of true on a lot of the Dogs Eating Dogs and really the Neighborhoods era, a lot of the bridges don't have vocals. It's just an instrumental bridge. And what I really take away from a lot of those is Travis just fucking shines during these. And this is a great example of the bridge on this. I mean, Travis just fucking kills it. Um Something that I think is super underrated about this one is the little back and forth from Mark and uh, with Mark and Tom on this. And it's something that I just always thought was so interesting and perfect at the time. I love where Tom is saying it's the worst damn day. And then Mark comes in, super deep voice, Mark, just complete opposite. And he's saying it doesn't hurt that much. And to me, I just always took that really as a snapshot of kind of how they are and how the relationship is and has been throughout the years. I feel like at times they can almost be polar opposites. And that was just a little snippet of that that made it into a song that I feel like just, I don't know, translated into my head and resonated with me is, here's Tom saying, this is the worst damn day. And then there's Mark just coming in with, it doesn't hurt that much. And I just always thought that opposition, not that it was about their lives or their relationship or whatever, but I just think it was just such a nice touch to put in there because I don't know that that was intentional or or was originally in the song or if that was added when they were creating the chorus. But I just think that's that's a little piece of that song and a little snippet, you know, a very small portion of a blink chorus on an EP that didn't even get a physical release that I just think is so fucking cool. Tom's coming in. It's the worst damn day. And then Mark, it doesn't hurt that much. And then, you know, Tom comes right back. I made a mess today. And then he says, but I'm all right. And that's something that really, you know, when I'm going through a a struggle or, or back then, like relationship issues or something like that, it's something that when I put this song on, I can always just vibe with. Like, it's the worst damn day. But then Mark comes in. It doesn't hurt that much. Like, it's okay. It's gonna be okay. So that's something that I really love about that song. I enjoy the lyrics on this one. And and one of the lines that just always stood out to me so much is Tom's, when I was young, the world, it was smaller. The cities were vast. The buildings were taller. I felt really strong. My parents seemed stronger. And it's that last line, really starting with the buildings were taller. I felt really strong. My parents seemed stronger. And that's something that, gosh, it's just, it's crazy to think about. You know, when you're young, your parents are everything. They're superheroes. They do everything to you. It's your world. And then you get a little bit older and, and you get as old as we are. And you start to realize at a certain point in your life that they're just people. And they have struggles just like you and I. And they've been through a lot of shit. I think about that sometimes. I can only remember my parents for, I don't know, I have a terrible memory. Let's say 20 years, 25 years. They lived a life of 30 years prior to me even halfway knowing them (laughs) that really we don't know much about, which is wild to me. Uh, not to go off on a weird note there, but I've thought about that sometimes. It's like, gosh, all the time we've spent with our parents and to think that that much time, they had that life, they've lived that much life before us, which is pretty wild. But that's, that's a line that just always stuck out to me. And it's something that as Tom got more into writing for angels and really switched that gear from writing about chicks and funny shit to kind of emotion and real life issues and love and and stuff like that. I mean, this is one of those songs that it's just an evolution of Tom's songwriting, in my opinion. And and at that time, I think it was a cool snapshot of where Blink was. I mean, we had Travis going off. We have Mark going off in the background. The bass is riding this song. We have him coming in, a little bit of back and forth in the chorus. 
And then this is a song where Tom really just shines, I think, from a from a verse and a chorus aspect. It's really rad. So that's one. God forbid, if you haven't heard Dogs Eating Dogs, good hell. Go listen to that for sure. And I think this is one that's really just underrated. I don't hear it brought up much. I don't hear it talked about much. So it's on my list. It's coming in at number seven. At number six, I'm going back to California. But this time, the deluxe edition, folks. California dropped, rad, Blink was back, pop punk bangers, pretty good mood songs. Then we get wind of a deluxe version coming out. The artwork is opposite. It's black, it's darker. We get an idea that these are going to be a little bit darker, maybe a little bit harder. Uh, we end up getting Parking Lot. We get 6-8. We get uh, Misery pretty early on. And that is what I have at number six. This song is Misery. It is on the California Deluxe Edition. And I don't think this song gets enough love because it is a perfect blend of Skiba and Blink, in my opinion. This is such a great song. I love it from the get-go, from the very beginning. I, I loved this song. I remember my Blink friend in real life and I, when we were driving to somewhere in Alabama to, to meet Blink. It was a six hour drive. It's actually a funny story. We had, we had uh, meet and greet tickets, the, the big package. So we were so stoked. Um, we were going to hang out with Blink. You get to hang out with Blink for like 30 minutes. They'll sign all your shit. You get to play Mario Kart. And the day before our show, which was going to be in Knoxville, Tennessee, it gets canceled. And it's like, oh my God, I saved up money for this. We've been looking forward to this for so long. Here I am trying to figure out what I want to get signed. And like the day before it gets canceled. Well, thank God the VIP company uh, was okay to move our package to a show. And it ended up being, where was that? Somewhere in Alabama. It was a six hour long ass drive. Obviously worth it. Incredible experience. But I remember Misery dropped around this time. And we were just listening to it over and over and over and i just love we've got deep mark in here which i love and his lyrics at the beginning i mean the the lyrics and especially knowing what he's gone through recently and all that stuff i mean the i'm not bent i'm not cracked i'm just broken that line right there is just whoo it's so good. The bridge, I think, is one of the best Blink bridges in their entire discography. I mean, it's one of those ones where I'm singing it by myself in the car. I have to, like, take a deep breath. I feel like that meme that people post where it's that goose who, who's, like, their neck is, is leaning back as they're getting ready to take a huge deep breath and then scream. That's me when I'm when I'm gathering enough air to, to wail out my version of this bridge. It's just so fucking good. So that's one that I think is super underrated off of California Deluxe. Surely to God, you know this song. If you don't, go listen to all of California Deluxe. It's so good. There's really some great songs on there. I mean, the fact that some of these songs weren't going to make an album is insane to me. I mean, imagine writing 6-8 or Misery or, I mean, the list goes on, Long Lost Feeling, Bottom of the Ocean, the list goes on and on, and just being like, I don't think we have space for that one. <laughs> it's crazy to me. Th these songs are so good. So this is a standout from Deluxe. Again, I tried to represent all, this, all of their discography and be fair about this, and in my opinion, I think this is an absolutely amazing song. I don't think it gets enough love. It's at number six on my list. We're getting to the top five, folks. Here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let me take let me take a drink of water real quick. We're going to get to number 5. All right, I'm not cutting that out. We're going to number 5. Kaleidoscope, folks. This is one that honestly, I think it gets some love in deep circles. Like I remember on the forums, people would talk about Kaleidoscope quite a bit, especially when it comes to neighborhoods. But I don't think it gets enough love, and I think it's super super underrated. For a song that comes out, you know, post-breakup, I think this one does a great job of going back and forth with Tom and Mark. Now, what's interesting about this is when this song kicks off, you know, on the acoustic strumming alone, really, you can tell it's a Mark song. Because if you strip everything out, what I do sometimes on these is I try to think about, okay, could this be a plus 44 song? And if so, 
then it's probably a Mark song that Mark wrote on guitar. This is one like that. When I listen to this, if I strip everything away, just that intro. To me, I mean, I get plus 44 vibes from that a little bit. I could see how that could be a song off of their album for sure. Now, Mark started this song and he said that this was a song about people in their late teens um, mid-20s trying to find their way in the world and there's a lot of new opportunities um, and there's not a lot of new opportunities for people out there. I believe he said at one point he woke up in the middle of the night and that that first line came out and he wrote it down and he started working on it and then what he said recently really is that he had the beginning of this song, the the first verse done, but he didn't know where to go with it and he handed it over to Tom and Tom just took off with it. So it's really cool. And I think, you know, especially what we know about deluxe or not deluxe uh, neighborhoods is I don't know if they were all on the same page at all times and obviously in different studios. We've talked about that. But to me, this seems like one that they truly came together on and everybody pulled their weight and it came together great. And I think it's a beautiful song. Now, one of the things about this one, again, and this is true of a lot of neighborhood songs, pay attention to this, instrumental bridge, okay, no vocals, no, you know, crazy melody that they're singing during the bridge, it's different, but Travis just absolutely shines once again. You'll find that. Go back and listen to the Neighborhood Era songs. In fact, I even asked Christopher Holmes about this during my interview with him. I said, why didn't they do any vocal <laughs> bridges? And I don't, I can't remember if he had a great answer on that, but it's one of those things that if you write your own songs, you'll find that when it comes time to drastically change it, which is essentially what the bridge will do, a lot of times you'll have verses, you'll have the chorus, and then you get to a bridge and it's like, okay, we have to take this song in a completely different direction. And it gets kind of tough. And so on a lot of stuff um, from Neighborhoods and Dogs Eating Dogs, you'll see that they really went with a, an instrumental bridge, which are really rad. It's just in hindsight, especially with what we have out of California and Deluxe and Nine, I mean, we've got some incredible bridges in there. Mark's talked about that. He talked about how bridges are usually a challenge. Uh, it's something that when they were writing California with John Feldman, Feldman would say, you got to have a bridge. I mean, you've got to have a bridge. Write something down, get an idea, and let's run with it. And that's probably what you just got to do. You just got to kind of force yourself out of your comfort zone at that point. But yeah, Kaleidoscope is a beautiful song. I did see a lot of people put that on there as an underrated one. So that had to make my list. I mean, I think it's a really cool Tom and Mark combination uh, at that point in their careers. And I don't think it gets enough love. Mark was actually surprised that so many people love it. I think we were streaming Ghost of Tsushima one time, and I mentioned to him that a lot of people love Kaleidoscope, and he was caught off guard by that. He was kind of surprised by that. So uh, I know some of you will be with me on that one, but if, if you haven't heard that or Neighborhoods, by all means, go back and dig into that for sure. The next one, this is such a good fucking song, okay? Now, <laughs> this is Dude Ranch getting some love. The song is Enthused. Now... Some could argue that this was rated, although not super rated, but for a certain time period, late 1998-ish, they were closing with this, okay? So people loved it. It's an absolute banger. But I don't think it gets enough love. And it's interesting when you go look at their set list and how drastically it changed once Enema came into the equation because Enema has so many fucking good songs and they blew up with that. Enthused is one that fell off the set list. And that's always been kind of a wild to me that they closed with this song forever and then it's just gone. But you could say that about a lot of songs back in the day. And it's just it's just because they have so many fucking good songs. And when you're touring and playing new stuff, you have to play the new stuff. So Enthused, this is one that when this song comes on in that intro, I mean, it really has three intros, if you think about it. I mean, when you go through those three different parts of the intro, you just want to go absolutely nuts. And it hits you right off the bat. There's so much energy. And Tom's riff, which is what I'm kind of considering the third intro, is so fucking good. It's so fun to play along with. And to me, it's one that from a punk 
standpoint and a songwriting standpoint is just a fucking banger from that time period. And I don't hear anybody talk about it. A lot of people talk about emo or pathetic, uh, which, of course, I love those songs, especially pathetic. But this is one that I don't hear anybody bring up ever, and I'm just shocked by it. So go listen to that song if you haven't. It's number four on my list for a good reason. If you turn it on, I cannot help but just want to be in a mosh pit going absolutely nuts. Of course, everybody loves when Tom does a another boring story. <laughs> I just love that part. And it just ends with, I swear I'll get enthused. It's, it's such a fucking good song. Okay, we're getting to the nitty gritty, folks. We're getting to the top three, ladies and gentlemen. I know a lot of you will agree with me on this one. This song does get a lot of love in circles. Of course, not a proper single release. Don't know that it it fits what, you know, radio folks would want by any means. But this is an awesome song. And that song is Esthenia. Okay. This is coming in at number three from me. For those who love and absolutely adore Untitled and and it's their favorite album, which is quite a few Blink fans. I've gone on the record. Untitled's not my favorite. It's Mark's favorite, he says. Um, I think sound-wise, it's amazing. It's something that if you listen to other bands who have tried to replicate Blink or live in the pop-punk scene and, and sound, you know, everybody tries to copy Enema or Takeoff. Nobody's copying Untitled because they can't. It's that fucking unique and amazing, and the production's amazing, and the just the songwriting and the arrangements are just shit you've never heard, and I still haven't heard since then. Absolutely amazing album. This is one of those songs that, from a production standpoint and from a sound standpoint, is just very different for Blink. And this is this is where, if you listen to old school Blink fans, and it's always interesting to, to have conversations, respectful conversations with people who were in love with a certain era or which was their era of Blink or which albums you know they grew up with or mean the most to them. In my conversation with Davy Jones, old school Blink fan, as, as mentioned before, you all are very familiar with him at this point, but he said that he didn't really like Untitled. And when you listen to a song like Asthenia, you can kind of understand why, because it's just so drastic of a different sound to what you would be used to hearing, say, if you're used to two and a half minute skate punk bangers, you know? So this is one where you can really just see their songwriting growing and the whole Untitled album in general is obviously, it's kind of a departure, an intentional departure. They had established themselves as really pop punk fucking legends at that point. And at that point, it's, you know, where do you want to take the band? What do we want to, what do we want to do? They, you know, as the story goes, rented the house, anything goes. And this is one of those beautiful songs they came up with. Now, interestingly enough, when I listen to this song over and over, one of the thoughts I have in my head is this is kind of the first, <laughs> the first angels and airwaves ish sounding song from Tom. If you think about it, the song starts, you hear people talking in space, you hear, you know, literally like the NASA people talking, and you've got that slow, slow build up. And I'm thinking, you know what? Tom made a lot of songs that were kind of going down this road after this. And this is kind of a cool little piece of where he was going to go. It's a little snippet of artistically where he was going very shortly after that. So Tom has said this song is about an astronaut sitting in a space capsule floating above the earth. He's constant. He's contemplating even coming back or, or not will make a difference on such a negative place. So this is somebody who's stuck in space and they're really just wondering if they even want to come back or not. And you can hear that in the song where he's saying, should I go back? Should I go back? Should I? And the part I like after that, that I, I feel like I, uh, I can kind of vibe with quite often. I feel alone and tired. I always like that. I feel alone and tired. And Tom's vocal delivery on that is just, ah, it's so rad. It's such a great song. Another line from this that I always just, it always just stuck out to me, especially with hindsight is 2020 and what we knew was going to be coming that next year. I love where Tom says, this room is bored of rehearsal and sick of the boundaries. I miss you so much. 
And the way that he says it is just so fucking rad. But, you know, to me, the way I interpret that is they were sick of, and maybe this is just Tom speaking, but he was sick of the boundaries of perhaps the label or what people expected out of Blink at that time. And so to me, what I've always taken this line as is really a snippet into Tom's thoughts on on Blink at that time is this room is bored of rehearsal. So like they don't want to rehearse. They've been touring like crazy. They don't want to they don't need to practice or Tom doesn't want to or they don't want to. And um, they don't want to just sit in a practice room at that point. Sick of the boundaries. You know, obviously, a year before this, Tom felt boundaries within Blink to the point of where he felt like he needed to go start Boxcar Racer, a side project to get a uh, to to be able to dive into a different sound at that point. So I've always found that line is a little bit, you know, autobiographical from Tom's perspective of this room is bored of rehearsal and sick of the boundaries. And that's a line that's just always stuck out to me. Again, incredible bridge on this. I think the guitar is super rad on this. And then, you know, last but not least, I think the production is just absolutely amazing on that song. So I know a lot of you will be with me on this one. It's one that I see come up quite often. A lot of folks who love Untitled have this extremely high on their list. It's coming in at number three for me. And just talking about it makes me want to go listen to it some more. We're getting to the top two, folks. At number two, you already know, I've got to give Take Off Your Pants and Jacket some love here, folks. It's my favorite album of all time. It's the reason the podcast logo is what it is. My fucking license plate is T-O-Y-P-A-J. Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. I found out actually very quickly that that may not be the best idea because for the past year, everybody keeps asking me what that means. And then, you know, to the 75-year-old lady in Walmart's parking lot, I have to say, it means take off your pants and, and jacket from, from my favorite band. Lately, I've been saying it means toast on your peanut butter and jelly is what I've been coming up with. Or I just say it's Toy Page. It's the name of Blink's album. It's one of my favorite albums. And I just pray to God they don't push me on what Toy Page actually stands for. So you already know. This album is going to be represented on my top 10 list, folks. The song that is coming in at number two, criminally underrated, fucking beautiful song, banger, one of the best Blink songs of all time, in my opinion, that is Every Time I Look For You. I mean, what an incredible song. I don't hear anybody talk about this. I really don't. I hear people talk about Reckless Abandon. I hear people talk about online songs. I hear people talk about Give Me One Good Reason. I don't hear too many people talking about Every Time I Look For You, and it breaks my heart every time. It is an amazing song. I think it's so cool how Mark goes back and forth with Tom on this. So I love where Mark says young and stupid. And then Tom comes in left wide open. Then Mark hearts are wasted. Tom lives are broken. It's just, God, it's such a fucking banger. Such a great song, great guitar, great melodies, great back and forth from Mark and Tom. I mean, the angst in that bridge. Oh my God. This is what sets Take Off so far apart from the other albums, in my opinion, is the back half of the album is just so fucking good. And this is one of those songs where it just blows my mind that more people don't choose that as their favorite album of all time. And especially that this song in particular doesn't get that much love. The bass on it is sick. And then when it comes in, oh my gosh, I used to scream this so often. I never did do anything that she asked. I never let what happened stay in the past. That is something that got me through countless days as a young pop and curbs dealing with issues just such a great song. I mean, I just, I could listen to this all day. Not to mention, the imagery from the chorus is just beautiful. Every time I look for you, the sun goes down. I mean, that is just, that's just such a cool line in general. 
So I hope you all listen to that, if you haven't recently, and just really appreciate that song. Just the back and forth, the way Mark kind of goes into one ver- or to one line after the other, the way that it flows together. It's just, it's just a beautiful fucking song. That is number two on my list. Okay, the time has come, folks. I've been blabbing for 55 minutes. Here we are at number one. I want to thank you all for hanging with me up until now. Again, I put a lot of thought into this. This was a lot of fun for me. And coming in at number one, I think people love this to some extent, but it is an absolutely amazing song that I think for whatever reason falls off of the radar sometimes, and it should not. It definitely should not. Coming in at number one on my list of the most underrated Blink-182 songs of all time. Number one, Not Now. Not Now is an amazing song. Now I understand you could yell at me a little bit. Maybe I'm bending my own rules, but let's talk about this, okay? This was recorded during the Untitled album cycle, okay? 2003. Now, what's interesting is Marcus said that they thought it was too similar to Asthenia and it was left off of the album. So once again, this is a little exercise I like to play in my mind, which is imagine writing a song that fucking good and it not making your album. Now, it was released as a bonus track on the UK edition, And by the way, I've heard a little bit of misinformation. I want to clear this up about these bonus tracks. The reason there are bonus tracks on CDs overseas, particularly Japan, UK and such typically, are that if you live over there, it's actually cheaper often to import the CDs from, say, the United States. So what they do to provide them an incentive to buy it domestically they get a bonus track. So that is why California has, hey, I'm sorry, for example. That's why nine over there has out of my head. So that is why folks get a bonus track over there. Just for reference, if you're ever wondering about that, it's kind of a cool thing. And what's really fun is if you if you get those albums over here, they look different. You got a bonus track. Everything's great. It's really rad. Um, anyways, so this song was kind of on the radar, Back in the Untitled days, a little bit. Now, the reason that you could probably yell at me a little bit based on my previous rules of kind of not being pushed or promoted or having physical releases and such, I was kind of on the fence about this one. It's like, gosh, it's so fucking good. It's so fucking underrated in my opinion. Yes, it launched officially with the greatest hits. Yes, it has a couple physical releases in the form of vinyl. Um, Yes, it was promoted a little bit. But to me, I think this one falls off the radar. Personally, I think it meets the criteria that I'm going with to form my list. Now, it did launch with the greatest hits. Now, the greatest hits, it was just a weird fucking time. Launched in 2005. The band's broken up. We've talked about this before on the podcast. Even Marcus said it's kind of weird vibes. Uh, Davey, Davey likened the the cover and the album, you know, the the black theme as a funeral. So it's just a weird time. And I don't know that, especially in hindsight, it's not like we think of that as a particular era or something you go back and want to dig into all of the time. But this album did come out. It did have Not Now as kind of the lead single to, to, to push it or the new song to come with it. Interestingly enough, it also had Another Girl, Another Planet, which is a cover. That song a lot of you probably heard back on Travis's show at the time, Meet the Barkers. It was the intro song for that. Story goes, Mark and Travis really wanted to launch Greatest Hits with that as kind of the lead single per se. Tom wanted Not Now. Tom ultimately won. That's just story. I've never heard that confirmed or anything, but that's kind of funny that even at that point, maybe they were bashing heads a little bit on what to release at the time. Anyways, Not Now Now comes out. And everybody at the time is finally hearing it, finally finally appreciating it. 
And I just think it is such a beautiful fucking song. I mean, the song itself is it's about death and trying to communicate in that moment, which is pretty wild. So Tom said that this song is about when you die and you just realize you died. You're looking at your lady trying to say goodbye and you can see her and you know she's there, but she can't see you and it's too late. I mean, that's fucking crazy. That is really weird to think about. And in fact, when I was reading through some of these lyrics and and thinking about that from that perspective, I was trying not to get choked up a little bit reading through these. And again, I think this is just, it's so crazy to me how, especially Tom, how much different his songwriting is from 2003 to even just like 2001. (laughs) I mean, 2001, it's still about chicks and funny shit and raunchy and boners and just being funny and fucking dogs. Not that that's funny, but just you get my point here. And then we get something like not now. And it's like, oh, my gosh, hang on. This is a 180 from the Tom we knew a couple years ago. This is real life shit. This is crazy shit. And it's about emotion and it's about life and love and, you know, just stuff that's super, super deep. And so, you know, when you listen to this song, think about the song meaning and listen to these lyrics. It's it's just, it's one of those songs that it's so underrated to me because of not only just that intro and when it kicks in and Travis is going nuts. It's instrumentally, it's amazing, but then the lyrics itself are super catchy and and just paint a perfect picture and a great story. There's so many things that go into this song just being so great that I just had to put it number one. Uh, it's my Blink Friend in Real Life's favorite song. It's one that when I saw them live at the Untitled Anniversary shows, they played Untitled front to back, and then they did this as part of the encore, and it was just fucking amazing. But I mean, listen to listen to these lyrics. Come here, please hold my hand for now. Help me. I'm scared. Please show me how to fight this. So this is someone who's dying. You're dying, and you're sitting there saying, I'm scared. Please show me how to fight this. God has a master plan, and I guess... I am in his demand. So it's just saying, here I am, I'm dying. I don't have any say-so in this. God has a plan, and I guess it's my time. I guess he wants me, which is wild. I mean, that's just, it's something you don't want to think about, but putting it all in this song like this is crazy. So then from the same perspective of this person, please save me. This time I cannot run, and I'll see you when this is done. And so this is him, this is this person dying, looking out to their loved one, saying, I'll see you when this is done. And now I have come to realize that you're the one who's left behind. So think about that. Not that that's particularly fun to think about, but we're not here forever. So you're sitting there trying to say goodbye to your loved one, and you can't, and they're here, and suddenly you're just fucking gone, which is something that... It's just so crazy to think about. He says, please stay until I'm gone. I'm here, hold on. To me, I'm right here waiting. And that is just, it's such a crazy concept to think about. And it's something that, you know, probably we're all going to go through at some point. You hope that you have a chance to be holding a loved one's hand or reaching out and looking at somebody, you know, when it happens. But, I mean, he's saying, please stay until I'm gone. I'm here Hold on. Then the second verse. I see a light. It feels good. This is obviously a reference to the tunnel that, you know, people have said they've seen whenever they're dying or have had near-death experiences. And I'll come back soon just like you would. It's useless. My name has made the list. So he's saying God's list to take him at that time, the list of people who have got to go. And I wish I gave you one last kiss. And that is just some crazy imagery and storytelling and, you know, really introspect as far as thinking about this from your perspective when you're dying. 
And he says, please stay until I'm gone. I'm here, hold on. To me, I'm right here waiting. And take my one last breath. And don't forget that I'll be right here waiting. Now, then we get a really great bass solo from Mark. It's just so rad the way this song is put together. And once again, please stay until I'm gone. I'm here, hold on. To me, I'm right here waiting. And take my one last breath. And don't forget that I'll be right here waiting. And then again, please stay until I'm gone. I'm here, hold on. To me, I'm right here waiting. And take my one last breath. And don't forget that I'll be right here waiting. And to me, I mean, just thinking about the concept behind the song, um, again, it just from a guitar aspect, as soon as that song kicks in, it's really fun to play on guitar. And then when the full band kicks in, and then to just be kicking that much ass at rocking the fuck out, and then to have a song with that much meaning behind it, um, and just kind of how eerie it is and how it's something that we're all going to have to deal with. And it's just an interesting thing to think about. To me, this is my number one most underrated Blink-182 song of all time. I know a lot of people are posting about it. I know this song gets a lot of love as far as really from the hardcores, but I don't think this is one that a lot of folks really have heard. I mean, I don't think it's one, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have, but I don't think if you just go ask a random Blink fan on the street who knows a little bit about them, like, I don't think they know this song. So to me, it's worthy of it. I understand the argument a little bit. If you want to tell me that it was pushed, it was kind of launched and had some some label backing behind it and physical releases and such. But to me, this song is criminally underrated. It's an absolutely amazing song. Um, and I think it was just such a, a, a good snapshot of where Tom was getting ready to go with Angels and Airwaves, and when really lyrically, he just really started about a lot of kind of deeper emotion stuff that we deal with as human beings and not necessarily singing about a girl or a relationship or or something like that. So to me, number one, most underrated Blink-182 song of all time. So again, to run through it very quickly, number 10, I had the first time, nine, sometimes, eight, the only thing that matters, seven, when I was young, six, misery, five, kaleidoscope, four, enthused, three, asthenia, two, every time I look for you, and one, not now. I think I covered every album I'm not going to count it right here, but fuck, I think I, ca- I think I covered every album, including the greatest hits. So this was a lot of fun. I can't wait to hear your feedback on this. This was, uh, you know, I got a ton of engagement on this. I think it'll be a fun, rad episode to discuss, maybe do some follow-up uh, IG lives or something with you all. So please let me know how crazy I am. Let me know, you know, if you have a top 10, I would love to read it. Send it to me, uh, tag me, DM me on the, on the Instagram or Twitter page or whatever. This will probably be the last episode of the year. We've got the holidays coming up. So again, we've made it two years through the podcast. I launched this not thinking anybody would listen. I'm always blown away by the support. Uh, I hope you all have a fabulous happy holiday season, safe holiday season with your family. Um, as always appreciate the support on the podcast stoked for next year. I I need to, uh, get some rad guests lined up. Honestly, I've just been crazy fucking busy. Uh, I have a little dude who used to go to bed at like seven 30 and I would have a little window there to do my thing. Now he stays up until like 10 o'clock and I don't have time for anything, (laughs) but we'll get there. I think next year, I think Mark's going to come on. I've talked with him about it. It's in the works. Again, don't know when everything with this podcast, folks, will happen when the timing is right. Like I said from the very beginning, I just do this for fun. Just trying to do rad shit for Blink fans. Don't want it to be a burden for you all to listen. Don't want it to be a burden for me to do it. But I think next year we'll have some fun things to look forward to. Hopefully we'll have some new music to talk about. Uh, It's going to be a fun time. So again, thank you all so much for listening. Can't wait to hear your feedback on this and uh, wish you all a very happy holiday season. Merry Christmas, and I will talk to you soon. Peace.